Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch from the Sports Editor with Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Kendrick Johnson, Sports Editor for the McKinney Courier Gazette, as well as Devin Hassan, Sports Editor for the Mesquite News and the Rowlett Lake Short Times. And gentlemen, let's finally talk football. <laughs> we are about one month out from the start of the season, and um, you know, while everybody's uh, you know kind of amping up for that first week of uh, fall practice coming up, we're um, we're in crunch time over here as we as we are compiling our sixth annual Gridiron Preview. It is our um, our annual all market football tab. Uh, you know we've been doing this for uh, you know for a few years now. It covers every single school that we cover, every single district. This year, I believe the count rounded out to um, 11 districts, 47 schools. Um, this is going to be released you know near the end of uh, near the end of August um, for all of our markets. Plus on our website StarLocalMedia.com, it's got extensive team and district previews, games to watch, player spotlights, schedules, you name it. It is our as our gift to you the uh, the local <laughs> the local high school football fan in advance of the uh, of the start of the 2018 season. Um, plus, we're also going to take that concept, though, and bring it to the podcast, because why not? So um, between now, um, so recording this on Monday, July 30th, between now and August 27th, we've got nine podcasts. These next nine podcasts are going to be football-centric, as we're going to preview our various uh, districts and a couple classifications um, in advance of the upcoming season. Um, we're going to start um, today with um, talking some private school action, show some love to, the, uh, to our TAPS schools um we've uh let's see let's uh, actually they start practice this week for that matter so it'll at least be timely in that sense um you know kendrick you've got uh you've got one with uh, with uh, mckinney christian academy they had a just an, an incredible season Dream last season. year the best season, season in school <laughs> history they will pick like thing next to last which they're at the pick next to last again this year and went to the state championship game came up a little bit short but just getting there was a mm-hmm. big accomplishment for them they bring back four dossie levi miller and their quarterback, he was all around guy, Will Baxter. He used to be at the Colony, came over last year, was a huge difference. Yeah, the offense kind of run. ran through yeah, him, more or less. Yeah, he was like a, um, I'm going to say it was a one-man show, because um, Dossie is one of those guys that um, he may not have, but like one catch the whole game and catch two bombs, and he got you. He caught two two passes over 50 yards in the state championship game, so he's definitely a player. But um, one thing about McKinney Christian is they're that team that kind of is like a, uh, a Wiley in the sense they always start slow, they schedule tough, mm-hmm. they might be one in four at one point in the season, and you look up there in the playoffs, and that helps them that helped them last year mm-hmm. get through because they had seen a lot of the teams better than what they saw in the playoffs, so they were mm-hmm. ready. But this year they got the Trinity City Hills, aka Deion Sanders University. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they'll it's, see it's the, a different division, different. Yeah. <laughs> but they play them in non district. Yeah. So mm-hmm. playing against teams like that, I think they may they might I play, do you know if they play Prestonwood? Uh, they do not play Prestonwood. No. Okay, play Dallas, they play Dallas Christian. Yeah, they play so Dallas they're going to play high-level teams to mm-hmm. get ready to make a run, moving up, to making that big big step mm-hmm. to Division Two. So I expect them to find a way to get in the playoffs again. I'm not going to predict the state chat title yeah. run, but them getting the playoffs mm-hmm. is a big accomplishment because they're stepping up competition. And you know, taps, that's a big difference. That's a good kind of summation for the way that these podcasts are going to be structured. For each team, we're going to go through and talk a bit about what's kind of the dominant storyline heading into the upcoming season 
plus kind of our um, our own you know initial outlook on what we anticipate from uh, from each of these teams. And obviously, yeah, with McKinney Christian, the big storyline is them fresh off their dream season, making that jump up into a uh, into a much different classification and one where uh, you know a school that um you know that you've I mean the district that you've covered for a while, Devin, with Dallas Christian and just the uh, kind of the uh, one of the heavyweight districts of Taps Division Two. Just talk a little bit about the Chargers and kind of what's the uh, the dominant storyline heading into their season. Well, it, it, with a program like Dallas Christian, um, the expectation level is up here. When you've won eight state championships, yeah. that is, I mean, that's the ultimate goal, whether it's realistic or not. With Dallas Christian, it usually is. I mean, this is a team that made it to the state championship game uh, in both 2015 and 2016. Last year, they got derailed in the uh, in the state semifinals by... Deion Sanders, you as his Kendra's calls his, uh, you know, very good Trinity Christian Cedar Hill team. Um, but, you know, they, you get eight state championships, but none since 2008. They've come close. I think they have four state title game appearances mm -hmm. since then. They're always in the mix. They're always in the running. But when you have that kind of pedigree, that kind of history, uh, that's always going to be the expectation. That's the ultimate goal. Um, I'm interested to see what they can do this year. You know, it, as is the case with, uh, you know, with a lot of TAP schools, it's not just the graduation. It's the transfer rate, yeah. you know, whether that be bringing in a, a really strong player or losing a very strong player. Uh, you know, they had that happen last year with, uh, they, they expected to have Garrett Cody as a four-year starter at quarterback. Well, he ends up going to Rockwell Heath and starting out there for a Class 6A program that, you know, that makes the playoffs. So, you know, it's, it's always kind of a turnover. They are going to be replacing a, or bringing in a new quarterback, so to speak. Uh, Jalen Smith, a senior over there, uh, he played quarterback last year. He was more of a running threat than a passing threat, but he his, he's going to get a look. I, I noticed Tyler Winfrey, who was actually at Sunnyvale last year, was a very good pitcher on the baseball team at Sunnyvale. Mm -hmm. He's he's over at Dallas Christian now, and he's he's quarterback, so he could factor into the mix. One player I'm really interested in seeing, uh, as far as his encore campaign, is T.J. King, who broke onto the scene as a freshman last year, rushed for 529 yards and nine touchdowns, splitting duties. Was also an All-State defensive back, mm -hmm. so he's one of those guys, you know, especially at the Taps level, I think that can be a dominant force possibly he showed that potential last year we'll see what happens you know that they have they have players as as, as always uh, marcus knox is another two-way player who was he's their leading returning receiver but also returns as, as, a, as a linebacker a long time uh, alongside alex sarah they have uh tyner dale on the line who's an all-state performer mm -hmm. so they have you know all in all 14 returning starters dallas christian's going to be good can they get past the trendy Christian Cedar Hill? That'd be a tall order. That, that's that that is a loaded team. Uh, you know they just you know, got better. Yeah, yeah, yeah last yeah. year they defended you know, the state champs. Yeah, Shadur, Shadur is that how you say his name? Sanders yes. it is is you know he proved himself to be legit last year. He's not living he, off his name, ladies and gentlemen. Dude, no, yeah, this is this <laughs> is not this is not you know yeah. My dad was a great player, so I get the starting role. I mean he threw for over twenty three hundred yards, thirty three touchdowns, and that's going to be really kind of their measuring stick. Dallas Christian always schedules tough. In the, in the early on, mm -hmm. and they have some good challenges as well during non-district play. But uh, October 26th is basically the date they have circled because that's when they play Cedar October Hill, 26. a team a team that beat them twice last year. You know, obviously the second one was 27 nothing. And Cedar Hill, here's here were their uh, playoff scores last year: 70 to 8, 41 to 6. 27 nothing against Dallas Christian, and then 62 to 30 in the uh, wow. state title game. So they are the unquestioned team to beat. And so, like I say, October 26th, we'll really kind of know what Dallas Christian is and, and where they stand and if they hope to make run at the state title. Uh, as they all like to say, we Trinity see the hill, we for real. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a footnote: um, 
Mc, uh, for McKinney, it has nothing to do with McKinney Christian. Mm -hmm. McKinney Boyd star, play wide, transferred to Bishop Lynch. So he'll be in Taps like One of mm -hmm. those, as you say, star players transferring in that, that happens in Taps every year. So a blow the boy, but a big game for um, Bishop Lynch. And, and that's a good way to transition then to a couple of our, our Taps Division One schools. You know, a couple that I'll, you know, that I'll be covering throughout the season. Um, we just mentioned one state champion on uh, Trinity, uh, Trinity Christian Cedar Hill. Uh, Prestonwood Christian, you know, they ascended to that same exact mountaintop. They captured their fifth state championship last year in an incredible game against Houston St. Pius, 42-41. to Best game that I covered hands down last year. Um, you know, with Prestonwood, much like Dallas Christian, there is kind of that state, you know, that state final or bust, you know, sort of mentality. As far as kind of the uh, the dominant storyline, though, heading into the season, um, I do think that it's going to be it's going to be curious to see kind of how will the offense grow after the, uh, you know, the graduation or loss of some fairly key pieces, like we just mentioned, just how, you know, how pivotal that can, uh, a pivotal role that can play at the private school level. Um, with Preston Wood, you know, obviously they graduated a couple, of, you know, a couple strong, you know, multi-year starters. You know, Jeremiah Lewis, who was, you know, applied his craft to both the, in both the secondary and as a receiver. He was a four-year starter. He made all state at both positions. <laughs> so I mean, that's I mean, no, no small loss. He was kind of their uh, their game breaker, big play receiver. They lost their leading receiver, Ricky Baker, and then of course their all state quarterback, uh, Wiley Green, plus their um, a four-year starter at center and Jake Kell. Um, some pretty, you know, some pretty significant, uh, you know, losses on the uh, on the depth chart and whatnot. So, um, uh, kind of looking at what uh, how Preston would kind of regroup then during the off season. You know, like you know, mentioned, they did have some, uh, you know, some notable transfers, specifically from Frisco Wakeland. They got um, last year's uh, Wakeland's leading passer, Dylan Cadwallader, the quarterback. He's now at Prestonwood. Uh, wide receiver Easton Reeves. He was second on Wakeland in receiving touchdowns. He's at Prestonwood. And then apparently they have um, six, seven offensive tackle Jonah Brewster from Wakeland. He's at Prestonwood now, so wow, wow. <laughs> so four Wolverines <laughs> getting pillaged by <laughs> getting pillaged by PCA, but um. And another, um, you know, significant uh, offseason storyline was that um, they lost their longtime offensive coordinator, Stephen Greek, who is now the head coach um, over at Argyle Liberty Christian. Um, you know, and that's just, I mean, that's no small loss either. I went and checked, and um, just the last five years, uh, Prestonwood's offense and just their their total offense rank, at least amongst uh, teams in the Metroplex, number two, number one, number one, number two, number two. <laughs> I mean, this is an offense that routinely cracked, you know, 450 yards per game. One of the more dynamic spread offenses that you'll see at the private school level. Um, so yeah, I mean, no, no small loss losing uh, losing Coach Greek to um, you know to a, a much deserved head coaching opportunity at Argyle Liberty Christian. In turn, they promoted uh, their quarterbacks coach uh, Shannon Purcell, who's you know been around the Metroplex for uh, for a minute. He's got ties to you know st state uh, state finalist teams at uh, you know, Highland Park, Wiley. He was at Plano Senior for a minute. So I mean, they have uh, you know plenty of experience there. They're uh, you know they're bolstering up to that uh, that offensive coordinator role. Um, and plus, I mean. The offense is still well stocked elsewhere. You know they do have their, um, you know the the bulk of their backfield back with Timothy Taylor and Joshua Cunningham. Receivers Luke Savage, Solomon Turner, another two-way player, and then of course you know one of the top tight end recruits in the country, Austin Stogner, an Oklahoma commit. Um, you know, and again, like I said, it's Preston Wood. You know when you've won, um, you know when you've won five state titles, two of the past three, and you've been to the state finals four out of the past five years. The 
the expectations are pretty much, you know, they're pretty evident. So they reloaded. Yeah, so I mean, they're they're on that short list of teams that can make a justifiable claim at you know going for that uh, you know for that Taps D1 state title. Of them, just like you mentioned, Kendrick Bishop Lynch is also going to be really strong. Bishop Dunn's going to be strong, and they're in the same district as Prestonwood. And then you got schools like you know Fort Worth All Saints, which is going to be I guess, they were I guess an independent last year in Taps. They're officially part of the Taps Division One uh, classification this year. Plus, St. Pius is loaded as well. So it's just a matter of just how healthy you are come playoff time and how that bracket aligns. Because I mean, once you get past that first round into that uh, you know those semis, I mean, it's like it's like the Game of Thrones out there. <laughs> just so, the, so was it staying the bus for Preston World? Oh, absolutely, without question. Like yeah. I said, when you've won that many state titles and you've had the run of success that they've had to where you've been to four of the last five state title games, yeah, I mean, it's it's no it's no secret what the expectation is. Um, a little bit different though for another program that I'll be covering, John Paul II. Um, they're a program that, um, as far as their dominant storyline, I'm just anxious to see just the growth in year two under head coach uh, George Teague. Um, last year was a uh, was a big step for John Paul. Um, now it's not going to you know sound like much at the surface when we've just been talking about Prestonwood, Dallas Christian, and the likes of that. But you know, John Paul went two and nine last season, which you know it's two and nine. But at the same time, they were uh, the previous four years combined before Coach T got there, they were one and forty, <laughs> including three consecutive winless seasons. They had a thirty-three game losing streak that got snapped last year when Prestonwood uh, on a last-second touchdown to beat Frisco Legacy Christian. Then they got another win against Arlington Grace Prep, um, and it was just a, I mean, just a uh, as far as kind of validating the because uh, Coach Teague was you know was optimistic during the offseason about like things they had seen as far as like the turnout. You know, he said just the the program's numbers were you know near like all-time highs, and just the general vibe and buzz around the program was at a level that um it hadn't been in a while. So just to then have that rewarded with you know that long-awaited win, like I said, when you go, I mean, there's three winless seasons. I mean, that's you know no high school kid deserves you know to go. Were, were they more competitive across the board as well in those other games? They were. I mean, it's the district that they're in is going it's to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was his first year last year. He did track more talent. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of what you've seen now, kind of building off of that into this season. Is again the numbers are up even more, and they've had some. Uh, you know, there's a bit more size to the program from a talent standpoint <laughs> than there's been in years past. They did yeah, have like some. I told you, man, got he'd holler his boy Dion. <laughs> George T. Hubie on this side of town. They did have. Um, you know, they do have some uh, some newcomers that are going to be worth noting this year. Um, at running back, Donovan Lester is going to be filling the shoes um, left by Jackson Garrett, who um, did a uh, did a tremendous job last year. Is kind of the uh, the fulcrum to that offense after coming over from Prince of Peace. Um, you know, uh, Donovan Lester was a uh, not only a football star at Irving the Highlands, but he was a track star. He won three gold medals at state track. <laughs> At the at that private school, and um, he comes. I mean, you know, Coach Teague was just a, you know effusive in his praise for just Lester's abilities and just the 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 dynamic that he can bring to this offense. Plus, they're gonna have quite a bit of size at receiver compared to uh, you know years past. They've got three receivers that'll be six four at least. So that's I mean at the that's private school level, team, those, little, those physical intangibles can matter. Those matter a lot at the private school level. Yes, that's a lot of yeah. in regular school mm-hmm. six four. <laughs> so you've got guys like I mean, they're uh, you know two uh, you know they're big returner from last year, Donovan Johnson, plus a um, I believe a um, I think he might, he's about to be a sophomore, but I am a football basketball uh, contributor named uh, Jadal Henry, nicknamed King Henry. <laughs> and then uh, the transfer that they had from Frisco uh, Lone Star, and I apologize if I mispronounced this name, but uh, Jaron Bradley. Um, plus, they've uh, you know got a, another transfer quarterback, Grayson James, formerly of, uh, of Jesuit, leading an offense that should be uh, you know fairly balanced. But like I said, there's a bit more potential for uh, some explosiveness this year at the at the skill positions. Plus, offensive line. You know, I talked to Coach T last week. He said that that unit probably more than any has been the most improved from last season. They've got um, you know, a, a potential D1 prospect in Chase Parker, plus a, a real 
promising underclassmen in, uh, in Jackson Newbles. So um, it'll be. Yeah, I'm just kind of. I'm kind of anxious to see what uh, what John Paul's got in store for year two under uh, under Coach Teague. As far as the general outlook for this season, um, it is worth noting that although they did snap that um, you know that 33 game losing streak last year, the uh, that dist- uh, first district win has been uh, it's been an elusive one. John Paul has not won a district game since 2008 when wow. they uh, they went a whole decade. <laughs> I mean, like I said, when you're in the same district as teams that are perennially like in the state championship game, like I said, it's I mean they've shared that district all the time with uh, you know not only just Prestonwood, you know Bishop Lynch, Bishop Dunn, but also Fort Worth Nolan when Nolan was in yeah when they were in the midst of their dynasty. You had I mean TCA had some great years mm-hmm. um, out of Addison, Argyle, Liberty oh, Christian. I mean Midland Christian, which was a powerhouse in D two, then got bumped up to D one for a minute, um, and I believe they're actually back now, except in a different district. So I mean that's that has been pound for pound the most talented district in TAPS. Um, just from a sheer, because I think we went. So, so the state champions coming out that district. There, there was, oh yeah, there almost was, every year. There was yeah. a run. Yes, <laughs> there was a run where I want to say because I always made sure to include the note when I was previewing the district in our gridiron preview. But it was something like maybe seven out of eight years you had two teams from that district oh, playing for the state, state title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I mean, yeah, it's that's just kind of been the norm. So that is such a such a tough you district to make. Your <laughs> personal best just to compete. But there's also there's very how many Division One taps programs are there? I mean, there's not a there's lot. There's only like so, yeah, there's, yeah, not, there's not even like twenty. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's not. So, but but not, I'm not trying to take away the, mm. the, the strength of that district. Mm. But you know, it's so it, it is though not uncommon for two teams from the same district to play. Yeah. You know, in the state semifinals or in the state. Because yeah. like you saw that with Dallas Christian, from, you know, Cedar Hill in the past. I mean, yeah, programs that yeah, you'll see a lot of district rematches for sure. Um, you know, once you get to playoff time. So yeah, I mean, I that first district win is going to be again. It's not going to get any easier this year, especially since they've uh, you know they've split up the districts and um, they've gone from uh, what was initially one eight-team district to now to um, to accommodate the additions of um, All Saints as part of the uh, you know playing a traditional Taps D1 schedule. Plus, Midland Christian getting bumped back up to, uh, to D1 versus um, you know having one 10-team district. They decided to go the route of two five-team districts. So um, that's actually going to be kind of just a you know segue for a second, kind of another uh, you know storyline to monitor for this coming of uh, you know Taps football season. Just because when you hear that a five-team district, that means you have six non-district games. So the majority of their schedule is going to be <laughs> is going to be non-district games. So that's like that's obviously overkill. I mean, I think for most uh, you know that's why. Uh, you know, eight is such a uh, such a nice number for uh, for a football district because you get those three non-district games, which is you know kind of the uh, the ideal spot to figure out what you need to before the games really count. Um, but now, you know, when you get past that, you know, week three, oh, we we got to play three more of these things. Well, and, and I think it brings up an interesting question in terms of how the coaches approach their scheduling. Oh yeah, because. Staying healthy is, is paramount in for all classifications, but especially in taps when you have so many players that play both ways. Mm-hmm. Only so, one player can hurt you. So, yeah, yeah, and and one you know one positions. or two key injuries can just derail everything. So when you have six non-district games, you want your teams be, you want your team to be ready for the time district rolls around. But how far do you push that? Yeah, I mean, because at some point you're just like we're just you're walking on that thin ice of like we just don't want to get hurt this game. We've figured yeah. out all we need to work, figure and, out. But at the same time, you don't want to enter district on kind of a malaise. Exactly. And, and, but your options are also limited because 
every other team is in district play basically by yeah. then. When you get to week four, week five, week six, your options are very limited in who you can schedule. And mm-hmm. So it's just like it's, it's just a different. It's, it'd be interesting to just to kind of talk to the coaches and see what their philosophy was on how do we handle our non-district schedule mm-hmm. with six, like you say, six games. It's a lot. Well, I mean, I've talked to a couple that are you know that obviously would prefer to be in a much larger yeah. district and more of a uh, more of a <laughs> more of a customary non-district schedule because yeah, I mean, six is just like I said, you, you figured out basically all you can figure out by the end of that third non-district game. So yeah. then to have you know three more after that, it's just going to be kind of walking on eggshells, just hoping that nothing goes wrong that could severely you know you know uh, you know send your season in a, into a tailspin once the games actually do start to matter. So um, while the uh, you know getting back to John Paul, while that um you know while that first district win is probably going to be a bit trickier to come you know come across this year, it is still stands reason even despite you know last year going two and nine, they still did make the playoffs. You know the the playoff you know what qualifies you know for a you know for a for a playoff team in Taps is a bit different from the UIL. So um, and then once you so I think there's at least and that actually might work to their benefit honestly is when you factor in having six non-district games versus your four against you know your juggernaut district opponents. It's not conceivable that you know John Paul could go you know, you know four and you know four and six you know five and five maybe five and five even yeah. if um you know in a if things if things break well, I do think that they should improve upon that. Uh, you know the two wins from last season, um, and once you make the playoffs and taps, it's kind of like all bets are off. Like consider that John Paul, um, you know, before uh, you know the uh, they said they made the playoffs last year in the Coach Teague. The year before though, they, um, the last time they had made the playoffs was in 2013, a year when they went one and nine, <laughs> and they lost in the first round to Austin St. Michael's 45 to 38. So when we say that, like that, um, you know, the Metroplex, you know, is a little bit top, you know, top heavy as far as the, uh, you know, kind of where a lot of the uh, the talent in Taps yeah. resides. Um, I mean, that can kind of play out though in the playoffs. If you're a team that did had a low finish in your district, if you draw the right matchup, despite you know the despite your uh, work out for you losing tanking may pay off. Yeah, despite your uh, you know the regular season record might not look as flashy as the team you know from uh, you know from you know Austin or whatever. But it's um, you know you saw there John Paul won one game that season and almost got out of the first round against a team that was far higher seeded. Yeah. So, yeah, just got to make the playoffs, and then just all bets are kind of off when you get to that point. So um. Today's Student Athlete Spotlight is brought to you by Bavarian Grill, authentic Bavarian food and beer garden. Listed by the Zagat Survey as the highest-rated German restaurant in Texas for 12 years in a row. 12 years. That's three presidential terms. Uh, you can enjoy traditional and authentic spring favorites now, everything from appetizers like slow-roasted ham hock and potato pancakes to entrees like bratwurst or breaded schnitzel. Uh, bring your whole family for lunch and dinner. They are open Tuesday. Tuesday through Saturday, located off Parker and Highway 75 in Plano, Bavarian Grill. And now, let's get back to the podcast. Well, actually, you know what? We got one more part. I completely, completely slipped my mind. So, um, one thing that we do for, um, you know, that we're going to be doing in the in the Grand Prix that we do every year is we do the five games to watch for, um, you know, for every district. We go through the through the schedules and we pick out five games within that district that are going to kind of be the marquee matchups. So, as opposed to uh, you know dredging out all five or whatnot, I want us all to pick one game that is um, at least on the on the schedule for our private school teams that is kind of on your radar for this um, upcoming season. Devin, where did you land as far as the marquee game for Dallas Christian? Well, I alluded to it earlier. The, the Trinity Christian Cedar Hill mm-hmm. game. Although now that you've talked about John Paul, they actually played John Paul in week three, mm-hmm. so that would be kind of an interesting, uh, mm-hmm. an interesting. Got you hyped uh, up for that one, now. Cross, <laughs> yeah. But, but no, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, the, it's yeah. the Cedar Hill game. I mean, again, it's, that's when when your expectation is, is to compete for state championships, that's going to be that's, that's going to kind of be their barometer game, mm-hmm. uh, especially. And, and you know, the motivation factor after getting beat twice last year. Uh, I mean, they've they've really had their way with with. Cedar Hill over the years. This is obviously a whole different program now over mm-hmm. there, but um, 
But no, October twenty sixth against Christmas Cedar Hill. That's going to be that's going to be the the game of the year for Dallas mm-hmm. Christian. Um, and as far as um, the game that I'm you know looking forward to most of the uh, you know at least of the of the schools that I'll be covering at the private school level. Um, it's tough to turn down the opportunity to go see a state championship game rematch. And I just alluded to earlier how awesome that Prestonwood St. Pius game was last year. Um, you get to see it again. <laughs> and, uh, September 28th, I believe, um, is the uh, is the date. Um, St. Pius will be making the trip up to uh, up to PCA um, as part of. I think that'll actually be the fifth game. So we just alluded to kind of that part of the non-district schedule where you're just kind of keeping your fingers crossed and nothing goes wrong. Uh, that's going to be the fifth game, I believe, for both teams. So who knows how they'll uh, how the kind of kind of a approach it at that point but at the very least um, having I mean that game is still so fresh in my memory and for what you know I have a menu mentioned it before on the podcast what made that game so great was um, Prestonwood overcame an 18 point deficit midway through the third quarter and they came back and won 42 to 41 so I mean that alone is you know enough for especially being a state championship game is enough to uh, you know earn some pretty high praise but then I mean both of those teams are just such a joy to watch I mean St. Pius has some freaking talent <laughs> whether it's their uh, you know cube whether it's their quarterback you know arguably the best uh, you know quarterback in the state according to some outlets Grant Gunnell that's a kid playing in right he actually was initially committed yeah, there he's yeah, now going to Arizona yeah. Yeah. I, saw, I saw him at a camp mm-hmm. he, he looks the part oh, yeah he was he was very impressive last year he's an absolute hand Almost like a, it's like watching kind of like a. I think the initial comparison was I was watching kind of like a Ben Roethlisberger type, just in the absolutely yeah, impossible. He's like six four two fifteen. Oh yeah, legit. He's he can move and he's. I've seen him. Up he's a handful to sack. Plus they have an explosive uh, set of skill players. You know, Jalen Curry is one of the top receivers in the state. Uh, Chase Lane's another great pass catcher for them. I mean, that's a team that. Uh, I mean, they were just the, the, those two were just running up and down the field on each other. Just some absolute highlight plays on both sides, and they've had an incredible finish. Who knows if the it'll be obviously it's a you know lofty some lofty <laughs> expectations for that rematch in late September, but nevertheless when you get a state championship game on the schedule, sure enough that's going to be uh, that's going to be worth going out of your way to see. And guess what? Like I said, it's going to be at Prestonwood. So you don't have to drive you don't have to drive all the way down to Houston to see it either, or even <laughs> Midway in Waco like they played uh, when they like when they played last year. So it'll be at Prestonwood September 28th, I believe 7 p.m. Should be a fun one. Kendrick, how about you with McKinney Christian? Mine's going to be low key drama while everybody will be at the Crosstown Showdown. McKinney, mm-hmm. I think I'm put I'm putting my bids in on um, MCA that had to play Bishop Gorman at their school. Mm-hmm. It'll be the last game of the year. If their season go according to plan, that will be to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So they should be in full peak going off for past years. So I'm looking for November 9th mm-hmm. for them to host Bishop Gorman leading to win that game to get into the playoffs. Always big if you can get a season finale or a playoff yeah, berth is, is at stake. As you covered last year in McKinney ISD. Boy. <laughs> Cross down showdowns. Yeah. If you haven't gone, you never know what you're yeah. going to see. <laughs> Uh, I guess you're probably going to see a McKinney Boyd win if history is any example. <laughs> Matt Wells said, well said, I have no idea what's going to happen. Apologies to the McKinney Lions. <laughs> so, um, but that's a... Uh that's a look at some of the private schools that we're going to cover. Just a cursory look at uh, what to expect out of some of our local TAPS programs for the upcoming football season. We are just getting started with these, uh, you know, with these football uh, district uh, classification preview podcasts. We'll be back on Thursday. We're going to talk some 4A. We're going to talk to with about our um, our three 4A schools: Argyle, Salina, and South Sunnyvale making jump yes, for 4A, making nice. the leap. So, um, yeah. Otherwise, um, folks, this has been Matt Welch with Star Local Media, Kendrick Johnson, Devin Hassan. Appreciate y'all for swinging by, um, folks. Keep enjoying your week. We will talk to you all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. 
Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.